So we're here with Jacinda. She's the host of Hive TV. Yes. On, <laughs> it's still it, Hive TV. Hive it's TV, a thing. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. We're branding that. You know. I like it. I like the name. Uh, I I don't know if I, I can't recall there being a Bobcats TV or if there or if there was a brand, but I really like the idea of Hive TV. I like the idea of you being the host of it, along yes. with Fly Tie. So Thank we can you. we can make the official announcement, right? You and Fly Tie both will be back for this upcoming season. We are returning, and you know it's kind of strange how it even started. I came on as a host last season, and him and I worked Buzz Buzzfest together. Mm-hmm. And the second we got on stage, I mean, we just it was electric. We took off, and and it was amazing. We had a really good time doing it, and I think the fans really enjoyed it as well. So he came on just to work some of the bigger games last season, but the working with him is just amazing. So I was excited to hear that he yes, Fly Tie is coming on to work every game. Him and I are both your arena hosts for the 2015-2016 season. That's awesome. Now, yeah, of course, there have been a few changes to uh, the booth this year that we've talked about on the show. Stephanie Reddy stepping up, but it, it's good to know that there is a little bit of continuity yep. with you guys coming back. That's that's really nice. So we brought you here uh, not only to talk about the Hornets, but also just to sort of pull the curtain back get to know you a little bit, have the fans get to know you a little bit, some background information. So let's start with the basic of basic questions. Where are you from? I am that's now that may be a basic question to but some people, but it's so not to me. I'm always like, what do you mean? Like where I lived the longest or where I was born? I was born in Miami, but we were a military family, so we did jump around a little bit. My parents are both in the military, and so I grew up in Germany, Frankfurt, Germany. Wow. And then we came back to the United States, and so I lived for quite a while in Hampton, Virginia, which is very close to Virginia Beach, Virginia. Interesting. That's my answer. That, that's a great answer. That's a great answer because you, you have uh, you know the international experience. Although, yes. I don't know. With military families, it's, it's strange. I don't know. Do you get... That international experience, oh, yes. or is it very like so? Yes, it's not. Oh, yes. It's not contained like as a on the base. I mean, I, I I grew up on a military base, so I grew up on a flight line. So hearing, you know, planes coming in left and right is normal to me. But we did a lot of traveling. I mean, camping in Italy. We were all through different countries. We were, you know, on top of mountains, and you know, and it just it was it was beautiful, and and I loved it. I loved experiencing other cultures and and kind of looking around and seeing that you're the one that looks different. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And I would say these are this is a story I always share about culture shock when I moved back to the United States. First things first, we only had one channel in Germany. So when I came here and there were channels like through the, you know, roof, there were a million <laughs> channels. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is heaven." And the second thing was we I mean, I would beg, "Can I please if I get straight A's, go to Burger King?" Pretty please, please. When I got here and saw that there was fast food everywhere, I mean, I just hit heaven. I that So those two things were culture shocks to me moving back to the United States because we just didn't have that. I did not have that growing up in Germany. So it's interesting. So you, you come back to the United States and you see all of these new channels with, with all of this different kind of media. Do you think that maybe that sparked you uh, into a career into media, maybe, and on some level? Good question. I, I don't think so. My, I, I, w- I wasn't pulled into media at all in any type of way. The one thing that I realized that was different about me was in the ninth grade, it was time to present a 
you know, we all had presentations and the teacher was like, who wants to go first? And I shot my hand up so quickly, almost as if, you know, who wants to win a million dollars and you think you're competing? The first person with the hand up wins. I looked around and no one had their hand up. I'm like, you guys don't want to do this? You don't want to get up here and present? And I realized I was a little different than everyone else. I loved being in front of the classroom. I loved presenting. I loved that attention. I loved sharing with people information that I had, but other people didn't like doing it. So that's when I started to kind of gravitate more to, you know, public speaking and forensic speech and debate team and, you know, majoring in communications and stuff like that. But not necessarily media. That that kind of fell on my lap later. I feel like I... I had a similar experience. I feel like in grade school, I was the one that got up in front of the class and read the book and enjoyed it. And liked it. And was, you know, a little bit of a comedian on the playground. And at the time, I didn't think to myself, yeah, I want to get into sports radio. I think that's a great <laughs> career path for me at, at yep. eight years old. Yep. But you did realize that there was something different in you because right. everyone else was like, "Hex, no, I'm not getting up there to do that." Right, right. Yes, there there was yep. it, it was the talent without the awareness. Uh, so you're in Virginia. Uh, where, now, where did you go to school? Where did you go to college? I did two years at VCU, Virginia Commonwealth University, and then ended up graduating from Old Dominion University in Norfolk, Virginia. Nice, nice. So what did you study there? Communications, minor in theater. I ended up getting my master's in education. I love working with uh, with our youth. I, that's just my thing. But uh, as far as undergrad, I was, I was really focused in the communication field. Well, you work with a lot of youth at, at Time Warner Cable Arena. Oh, I mean, you sure do. with a lot of kids. <laughs> and uh, we'll, I love it. We'll definitely get into that. Uh, so when did you move to Charlotte? I moved to Charlotte in June of 2007. I literally, I was going back and forth with uh, 96.1 The Beat. That's what we were called at the time, Clear Channel Radio Station. And I was going back and forth with the uh, the program director at the time. And um, I got a call and he said, I need you here in four days. And it was like a Thursday, and I packed up the car. I had my plant in the passenger seat because my plant has to come with me. And I jumped down 85 South, and I was on the radio, and I was in Charlotte. Did not know a soul. Didn't know one person. Didn't know what I was doing. But I had this dream job that I would consider like an opportunity of a lifetime. And you're on morning radio. So your head is spinning. What yes. did you have any thoughts about the city though? I mean, I know you're probably you were probably just work 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 work, but when you got here, did you have any first impressions uh how different was it from your previous life in Virginia? I thought it was beautiful. I still, you know, Virginia and Sh- and, and Charlotte, North Carolina, you know, we're close. Right. You know, it was only 5 5 or what was it? 5 6 7 hours or something difference. But um, I just thought it was beautiful. Very green around that time of year. It was a lot of rain and everything, but I loved Charlotte. And I could, I kept saying, I'm going to attack the city. I want to do everything. I want to find out about NASCAR. I want to find out what, what's up with Carowinds, what's up with, you know, the Panthers. And at the time, Bobcats, we don't have any of that. You know where <laughs> I'm from. I mean, that's a big deal. I remember my first basketball game. I remember these things. So you're in you're in radio. You're at uh, 96.1 The Beat. Did you fall in love with it immediately, or was it something that you had to get used to? Radio, I love radio. I do. I really do. It, there, there's a there's a technique to it, though. So once I really got my feet wet mm-hmm. and really started to dive into morning radio, I understood that um, 
what I was doing in Virginia, I, it would not fly here. There's a craft to this, you know. So we started taking improv classes as a team to really learn how to how to have healthy commentary on the radio. I mean, we had four people in the room talking, and you're together every day, all day. There's good days, there's bad days. So um, I fell in love with it, and I loved it. And to this day, that that is still one, you know, one of the best jobs that I've ever had. And I'm just grateful to have been able to sit in that seat for as long as I did. We need to put David in that class. So if you could just give me that information on my co-host, uh, we'll, we'll It's we'll a technique, the, and yeah. I did not know this. And, you know, at the time, I, I have so much slang. I remember getting reamed every day for saying picture. I would say, go log online right now, 961thebeat.com, and check out this picture. And my PD, Brother Fred, everyone was like, it's picture. And I had to literally, like, draw it and write it out. And, I mean, over just voc- vocab, you know, like how do you say certain words and different slang terms and, you know, learning Tuckasegee, <laughs> Charlotte, right. North Carolina. So there was a lot of learning, but it was all fun. Well, listen, on the last show, I instead of saying – Air Jordans. I said MJ Jordans. Mm -mm. So listen, you know, I and and I'll tell you, both David and I. Now, David's David has a a, or grew up with a media background. I've just I'm 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 raw. I've been doing it a while, but I still need pointers. You know, I so do you have a pointer for me? Do you have as as an experienced broadcaster, as someone who's been through that those improv classes? What's something that that a lot of people, when they, they get into this whole podcasting thing, maybe they don't know. The best, some of the best advice I've ever received, two pieces of advice. One is when you are talking on the mic, you are talking to one person. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we we know there are a lot of people listening, so we want to say, y'all, you guys, come on, everyone. But really, radio is that one-on-one experience, and you just want that person listening in their car, at home, on their computer. You want them to feel as if you're just speaking to them. So it's a, it's a trade. It's a technique that I learned years ago that I, I feel it's invaluable to just when I speak, I, I want them to feel that I'm only speaking to them and that it's a special time that we're sharing. That's number one. The second thing is you never say no. So if someone says, uh, you know, the sky is purple, you say, yeah, and your mom's dress is purple too or something. Or, you know, you always move the ball forward. You never, ever say, are you crazy? It's not purple because now you've stopped down the conversation. You've stopped down the jokes. You've pretty much put a red light, you know, right in front of everyone's right. face, but you move it forward with another joke. And then you guys can just, so improv is always moving it forward and there's never a no. And that was a, and I used to always shoot everything down like, nah, you know, or what are you talking about? But that was a technique I had to learn and improv helped that. Interesting. So let's talk about, did you have any media heroes growing up? Did you have anyone that, you know, once you got into media or maybe even Charlotte media that you looked to and said, I, I think I, I think I'd like to do something like that or. You know, no, not at all. You just sort of paved your own path. That's awesome. Yeah. Like this, all of this stuff is, was just brand new to me. You know, I, I knew that I loved public speaking and I always envisioned myself being a spokesperson for a firm. That's what I thought. That's why I went to college. I thought I would I thought I would be a spokesperson for a company. You know, a company gives me a bunch of information. It's my job to give that information out to the masses, however that may look, whether it's, you know, press release form or actually speaking into the mic. But I all this stuff was just news to me and it's just been a blessing. And I feel like God is taking me on a journey that I'm just, you know, 
still in awe about but when radio happened it, it fell on my lap and I just started moving up the ladder there and then television and weather this has all been just a lot so yeah I never looked up to anyone because I, I never really sat back and was like I really want to do that one day but I have loved every second of this this and, has just been a blessing and you do so many things you're so you're you're multi-talented I mean you you do radio you you do weather you do television and, and you do these live events for the Hornets now how did you get involved with the Hornets organization well that I've always wanted to do that mm -hmm. so you were, know, were, were you a fan of basketball growing up did you play basketball growing up I'm a fan I'm a football girl <laughs> I am a football girl I love to see the tackling and you know just getting in there so um, I have two brothers and my dad so growing up you know, you got to pick a team and you have to watch or you're just going to be alone in a room somewhere else. So I definitely jumped into sports. We um, were huge into baseball, football and basketball, but I've always been a football girl. But for some reason, there was something every time I would go to the Bobcats game, it just I would sit there and look at the girl on the mic and be like, I want to do that. Like, the, you know, you just kind of look down and you're like, I think I could do that job. So, you know, throughout the years, I would contact different people in the you know, organization to just say, hey, I'm interested, I'm interested. So about five years ago, I auditioned. And, you know, the arena host they had at the time, she was transitioning out. So I went in and auditioned, and so I got the job. But then a couple months after, she came back. So it was like, well, hey, sorry, she's back. So we got to, you know, we don't need you right now. And so instead of getting mad or upset, I was just like, thank you so much for the opportunity because it really, truly was a big opportunity. I worked a couple games, but it just wasn't my time. And I continued to stay in contact with him, and he continued to stay in contact with me. And it just so happened we both – were completely free and open and at the same time last season so four years it took me to get into this job and now that you know it'll be it'll make five years this season it's so tough in and we've experienced it in media but it but it goes across so many different careers where you really have to be patient and understand that that it is all timing it's all timing and, and it's so difficult because you you because you psych yourself up and you think this is my time this is my time and then it doesn't happen and you how do you pick yourself up after that and 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 keep going I was never mad I was never upset I just was like it just isn't my time right now but I I do understand in this industry sometimes you have to wait for other people to retire to leave to get fired to get hired to get promoted I mean there's only so many slots you see what I'm saying and mm -hmm. there's a lot of people waiting to get into them so um, I tell that to every person that I meet because sometimes we are we want things right here right now and if the person isn't calling back now or if the person or if you didn't hear back from your audition you're like what the heck's going on but I tell people it took me four years to actually get on that court full you know as an arena host officially and them not say okay we have someone else coming back no last season was my first season but it took me four years to get there did you ever think about sideline reporting or anything or were you just sort of focused on I like the entertainment I like the entertainment side but after last season I mean some people did bring it up to me what do you think about this what do you think about that I'm not sure if I'm um if I'm capable of that just yet but uh, maybe something down the line I would I would, you know, entertain that thought. But I love the entertainment side. I love because it's just family friendly. And I think that's the part. It's what's my radio background, meeting up with my television background in a family friendly, fun, you know, electric type of environment. And that's what I that's what I'm about. It is very electric and especially last season because it was the first or the return of the Hornets, the first season of their return. A lot of people were excited uh, so how do you feed off that excitement? What do you uh, what do you do to 
kind of rally around that and, and get people even more excited. It takes it to the next level. Mm-hmm. I mean, my energy, typically when you are in front of people, when they bring you a lot of energy, it just allows you, it gives you the green light to just go even farther, you know, and get even crazier. You know, sometimes you may hold back on a joke here or there, but if they're having fun, you're just like, what the heck? I'm going to say it anyways, you know, ask for forgiveness later. <laughs> That's what we do in media. But do you worry about becoming, because this is the big thing now, becoming viral. Do you worry about something happening? Does that ever cross your mind? Because no. it's it, that's no. kind, But it kind of makes it exciting, right? There's a, yes. there's a little bit of a danger when everyone has a camera, everyone has a, a video recording device, and and at any moment, uh, you know, as we saw when when Gerald Henderson, uh, the, the ball went out and and, and, and hit that yep. unfortunate woman. I mean, I was, it was just everywhere talk about that. instantly. So do you ever worry? And <laughs> I'm sure you may, in the back of your mind, worry about getting hit by the ball. But uh, do you ever worry about becoming sort of a vi- or maybe is it something you might want? Man, I'd love to go viral. <laughs> oh my gosh, if I go viral, I will be like, yes, I've I've made it. But you know, even if it, there are so many things that I did wrong last season. I said things wrong. I messed up contests before. I had a lot of people laughing and on Twitter saying, that's the wrong name, you know, uh, that was wrong. And then it blows up on Twitter and you're so embarrassed. That That's the business, you know. Our job isn't, isn't literally sitting behind a desk where you make a mistake and one or two people know. No, when you make a mistake, there's a lot of people that know and they're going to joke you for a long time about it. So there is, um, I, I stand on the court every uh, halftime and my back is facing the players as they're warming up and there's we literally have one of our handlers on the side that is watching just to make sure that a ball doesn't hit us in the back of the head because it's always myself with a swarm 365 member and we are looking at the camera but our back is fa- is you know facing the players and all I hear are these basketballs bouncing and you know them making some baskets not making some baskets and I know that one day one day I'm going to be live on camera, and that ball's going to go, and it's going to knock me out. Do, do you make sure that you know that 365 member's birthday and, and get them a, like a, a present or something just to make sure he like protects you like that's your bodyguard, you know? <laughs> well, the Swarm 365 member is out there on the ledge with me because right. we're both, our back is facing the players. So it's now, always listen, here's, in those. Here's 20, here's yep. $20 just yep. to make sure. Listen, yep. I just want to make sure you're like on your game. You've had coffee, right? <laughs> it's always in those instances that I'm like, this is going to hit me in the back of my head while I'm on TV. So, you know, I think with a little bit of the background, you have to laugh all this stuff off because if you don't it's just going to make it even worse you have to have some level of um, comedic relief if if I get out there in heels and fall down the stairs I have to get up and laugh I just do uh, and does fly tie help with that because he's I mean he is just pure energy yeah and, and to bounce off of that to have him there to, to have your back like that I bet I bet oh that yeah we joke each other because I mean we've we've definitely we mess up all the time you know and I think uh, uh, we were talking to our boss just recently and there was one one you know little game thing that we had to do about oh no it was a Titanic cam Okay. I remember the Titanic. Do you remember and I said and he said um, Katie's laughing right now producer Katie <laughs> loved he said <laughs> Are there some things you want to bring back? Are there some things you don't? I said, I know one thing I don't want to come back, and that's that Titanic came because you know in the movie Titanic when they're in the end of the boat and, you know, they're like, um, you know, singing the song and your arms are out, and it's like, you know, that whole moment. So we tried to reenact that. 
standing on a chair. You know, it was horrible. And then the camera was on us for an uncomfortably, like, 30 <laughs> seconds too long type of thing. So we're looking like, is this off yet? Oh, that was, em- now that's embarrassing. Is that, do you go in the control room after that and be like, Barry, Barry, why'd you have the camera on me for so long? They had it on us for so long because fans were like, what are they doing? We're trying to look around to find other fans that are reenacting what we're doing. But they're like, what the heck are they doing down there? So there was no one for the camera to go to. So they were stuck on us the whole time. And I'm like, get the camera off of us. I feel dumb. I think it's tough, right? Because it it is a movie that everyone knows it. But it came out a long time ago. And I I think... It brings up a good point that there were a lot of things I think that you guys tried with both Hive TV and, and other things that happened in the arena that it's almost like I, I, I'm thinking, for example, the the purple and teal chance that yes. they tried to get going. It's almost like they're trying to teach the fans like, hey, we may do this in the future. So this is how you do it. It was there some of that going on. Like, we're going to try some things. We're going to try to see what works, see what doesn't. That's exactly what last season was about. With the Hornets coming back here, you know, the fans from back in the day, they're a little bit older. New fans have no clue, you mm-hmm. know, what what happened years ago. So everything we did was, let's try it. Let's see what's ha- what happens, what the fans like. We stay, we, we you know, we elevate, we make it better, and things that don't work, we got to toss out. What is the toughest part? It must be an incredibly fun job, but what's the toughest part of of your job with the Hornets? There are some instances when, and I pray every single time I get the mic and I'm about to go out there, but I pray every single time because you, you do have scripts. There is a level of memorization. And then, you know, again, you have a lot of people out there yelling and screaming. You have a mic. You have people yelling at you, telling you to rap. You have the camera. You're looking at different cameras. Sometimes the camera isn't right in front of me. Sometimes it's across the arena. So sometimes I get a little nervous because I'm like, what am I saying again? You know, the lights, the cameras, and all that stuff can kind of just make you be like, what am I even saying? I forgot what I was just mem- you know, trying to remember. So there are times when I have a long script and I do have to hit sponsors, and it is a little bit in- important what I'm about to say, and I'm sitting there like, all right, don't mess this up. Don't mess this up, you know? It's funny because I think a lot of people would would think that interacting with people would be some type, because, again, there's a danger there, but but – for you, that seems to like it comes love easy. It. Oh, that I comes love, easy. Even the little kids. I love See, the kids. I'm yes. gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna level with here. I'm gonna be honest. I think the toughest thing for me, if I were in that job, is not accidentally being sarcastic to a kid who wasn't playing <laughs> along with me. You know? Yeah. Because I, I have this thing where, I, I, I like to talk to kids like they're adults because I feel like sometimes we treat kids. Like they're, like they're little dumb. small babies and, and they're, they're dumb. Not. No, no, no. They're super no, they're, duper smart. They're very smart. <laughs> but see, the the danger with that is that sometimes other people don't get. You know, you're you're speaking to a whole arena of people as well. So you know, I, I would be accidentally. It may be fun and innocent. Your intentions are, but right. other people may be like, "No, he didn't say that to her or something." <laughs> yeah, I know that what is you a mean. child. Well, I think with the television background. I learned that there is something powerful about a camera. I don't know what it is about a camera, but some uh, an adult and even a child can just talk, 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 and everything's perfect. And you're like, let's go on camera, let's do this. Sure, I can't wait. You get in front of that camera, and that person will freeze. 
that person will be nothing like they were two seconds ago. And it happens with adults and it happens with kids as well. So there are those instances where you can, you know, be playing with a kid and they don't have much to say. But um, I don't know. You work with them and they're fun. And there's and I'll be like, you have nothing to say. You were just talking two seconds ago <laughs> and laughing. What happened? So you play off of those. Keep it real. You know, be raw and. And people like that because if if I kept trying to play and act like this isn't really happening, every fan watching would be like, "That kid has not, you know, that kid's scared right now." So you have to you have to be real in those instances. But when it's just me by myself and I have a long script of dates and times and everything, and I just did a read and I have this coming up, and everyone's going to be looking at you, mm-hmm. that's when I'm like, "Okay, don't mess up. No pressure." Um. <laughs> uh- Jacinda, faith is obviously a big part of your life, and uh, it's interesting in in the media when you're in the media because you you certainly don't want to be afraid of your faith or or not express your faith, but at the same time, um, it's just a, a weird line that you have to walk. How, how do you how do you walk that line? How do you balance that in your because, yeah. again, you're talking to a whole arena yeah. of people. You don't know who is who and what is what. Yeah. That is an amazing question. I feel like, for me personally, I feel this is that's the only reason why I'm here. Mm-hmm. You know, I to, to have this level of success with morning show radio and television and doing things that I never thought I would do. You know, television traffic reporter for WBTV, a weather forecaster, you know, never did weather before and had the opportunity to do that and these different stories and hosting and now arena host for the Hornets. Um, I did not get here by myself and I don't feel me as a person. I don't feel that I'm that qualified for that. So I really I pray every time I I touch the mic, every time I speak that, you know, that God will just hold my hand and walk me through it. So that's me personally. I just try to encourage people and and be inspirational and motivational. But whoever you believe or love or worship or look up to, that is you. And that is awesome. You know, whether you do or you don't, I don't want to push that on anyone else ever. So there is a line in as a journalist you really, you know, have to refrain from any type of um, religious beliefs or, 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 you know, discussions or anything because you're a journalist and your job is to just tell the story and the facts. So that was hard then. But where I feel I am in my life now, I just want to yell it and scream it on top of my lungs because I feel like that's the only reason why I'm here and that's the only reason why I'm able to do this and that's the only reason why my life will continue to blossom and, you know, take off in this industry is because of my faith. Well, you speak about w- what's coming up this next season, and and we already talked about how there are some things that may live and there's things that may sink into the ocean. Kill them. <laughs> Kill Titanic. <laughs> So what can I know you can't give away the the, the secrets because it's obvious you, you you want to present it to fans you know in the moment, uh, but what kind of different things can can fans expect? What kind of uh, uh, cool things can they expect in this next season? One thing I can share, which I was super excited to hear, is we really are going to have a dynamic pre-show, like pre-game show. You know, we we do a few fun things before. Before the game starts, you know, before 7 o'clock, doors open at 6. And so a lot of fans are in the, you know, the fan shop. They're shopping. They're getting food. They're working their way to their seats. And so we we do play some contests. We do have some games. We give away some free stuff. But we want to take that to the next level. I'm talking about multiply it by 10. And we want it to be a full, high-impact 
show. Mm -hmm. So that will be a cultural change for all of us here in Charlotte where it's like, oh, the game starts at 7. I got plenty of time. No, we want everyone to know it starts at six, mm-hmm. you know, and you could win some really cool things. You can engage with play. You can engage. You can do different things that we've never done before. So that's our change for this season, and I can't wait to see what exactly that looks like. So we're we're kind of working out the kinks now and getting very creative. But yeah, game starts at six, quote unquote. <laughs> and I think it would be a service to fans because traffic around the arena is notoriously awful. So anything that can encourage fans to get in a little early would would probably not be a, a very bad thing. Yeah, come er- come early. Get your food. Get your beer. Get whatever you know. Get to your seat and just kind of sit back, relax, and th- that's really going to be fun and exciting. And that's when we're really able to kind of touch the fans. You know, everyone's yeah. not there. We can we can touch you. We're reachable, and we can have fun, and you can win some really cool things at that time and you can watch fly tie and you can watch Jacinda yes. on hive tv uh Jacinda, thank you so much for doing this uh, very informative uh, and and very interesting and, and we got a sneak peek to next year so uh thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me thank you so much absolutely you can follow Jacinda at just Jacinda, and yep. her website is missjacinda.com awesome Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.